0: It's great to be here this morning, great to see so many uh, new faces here for the first time. You're very welcome here. Uh, My name's Chris, I'm one of the the eldership team here at Freedom Church, and it's great to be on this occasion celebrating Evan with with the Morris family. And I want to talk a bit this morning about questions, and I wonder if any kids, be really brave now, what's the hardest (laughs) question, the hardest question you can think of? Any kids want to tell me the hardest question? you think? Go on, Erin. How is God always here? That's a hard question, isn't it? We'll leave Matt and Becky to answer that one later. <laughs> Any other hard questions you can think of? Anyone want to ask me a hard question? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't well, that's a good question as well about dinosaurs and creation. Chris and Tor, you can answer that one when you get home. Do you know what? Go on, Luke. Does God know where a circle ends? Yes. But do you know what? I'm a father myself. I've got three kids. And one of the joys or challenges of helping our kids to grow up, I think, is responding to these kinds of questions. Because kids are inquisitive, aren't they? They want to learn. And for some reason, they seem to think us adults must have all the answers. And my kids, and I'm your kids, my kids seem to be experts in asking these big, tough questions. And I want to talk this morning about two of the hardest questions my kids have ever asked me. I'm not going to tell you which kid asked them. I've been sworn to keep their identities protected. Um, I think I've done that. I might have given it away on the slide, but we'll see. Um, but for me, the first question I want to talk about is this. And this, for me, was an unanswerable question which completely caught me off guard. And actually hit me right in my weak spot. Because it's asking me to choose between two of my very favourite things in life. Which to be honest, I'd never connected together. I'd never thought I'd have to choose between these two things. But one day, one of my children said to me, Dad, if you were only allowed to choose between one of these two things to keep in your life forever, would it be beer or caramel? You can only keep one of them. Beer or caramel? Now, firstly, the person asking this question has clearly got, da- got me down to a T. Because this body is a body built on the bedrock of beer and caramel. They are staple food and drink for me. But how could I possibly choose between them? Beer, the relaxing, fun-inducing, tasty, manly drink of champions. Or caramel, the silky, decadent, sugary, sweet treat. That enhances any dessert. Do you know what? I've thought long and hard about this one and I still don't have an answer other than that my doctor thinks I need to give both of them up. (laughs) That's a question that's dumped me. The other question, the second question was this. And this is the sort of question that stops you in your tracks when you least expect it. I was dropping one of my children off one day, early in the morning. And why we would driven, I don't know, because the place I was dropping him off it was only a minute round the corner. It's possible that I'd had a heavy beer and caramel session the night before and couldn't face the walk. But anyway, as I helped the child out of the car, they casually turned around to me and said, Dad, why are we alive? It was half eight in the morning. Dad, why are we al-? I said, what? Why are we alive? Like, yeah, Dad, why do we even live? And what followed was, the best attempt I could give in 30 seconds between picking him out of the car and dropping him off at the school gate to answer this unwittingly deep question. And as I got to the end of the question, I said, does that make sense? And they turned around and went, yeah, okay. And just walked off. Do you know, the question that was asked there, why are we alive? Why are we even alive? It's actually probably the biggest question that any of us could ever ask and trust the child to ask it. And that's actually a question I'd like to pass on to you this morning, do you have your own answer to that question? Why are we alive? Do you know what? The answer to that question should drive and direct our lives. It should provide us with meaning and significance. Perhaps your view is that life has no meaning. That we're some sort of accidental fluke of the cosmos. That we were simply born, we live and we die. Or maybe you're a bit more on the fence than that. Maybe you're not sure why we're here, why, why, how we got here, or, or where we'll end up. But you're happy enough to just live out your life in that tension, in that uncertainty, and just see what happens. Or maybe, like a lot of people, I hope, in this room, you'll see your existence in the context of something much bigger. That life and death on this earth is not the end, and that there is a bigger picture and an eternal future. You're Josh and Laura celebrating Evan today. And he's a child who is of great significance for them and for us as a church. And your children have this ability to add incredible meaning and joy to our lives. They also have the incredible ability to frustrate the heck out of us. And I once asked my dad, dad, I'm I'm the third of four children. I once said to my dad, Dad, what was it like coping, bringing up three kids? I've got uh, four kids. I've got three and I find it hard. How did you cope with four? My dad said, you know what? Generally... It was good fun, and I loved it, but there was the odd day when I was really just tempted to chuck you out of a window. (laughs) Thankfully, you didn't. But I believe, this, this answer to this question, why do we live, is actually to focus on ourselves as children. Because just like Evan, the Bible tells us that we are also children of incredible significance. Each of us has earthly parents, but the Bible tells us of a father of far greater significance. A father who planned and made us and who gives us life. The book of Job says this, the spirit of God has made me and the breath of the almighty gives me life. It's a father who the the book of Psalms says this, you formed my inward parts and you knitted me together in my mother's womb. You know, Long before we were born, actually, the Bible tells us that God planned us And then it tells us that God made us. We have a father who pays great attention to you, down to the last detail, who even knows the number of hairs on your head. He even keeps track when you're starting to lose your hair a bit and your hair's starting to recede. He still knows the number, which is comfort to some of us. And he's a father, the Bible also says, has great plans for each and every one of our lives. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. You know, the Bible tells us this, that we are not accidents, that we are not products of chance or freak circumstances. We are significant, we are planned, and we are loved. There's a future for us outside of our 70, 80, 90 years here on this earth. You know, Josh and Laura have had to make many sacrifices for Evan. Josh, I believe, has greatly reduced his cycling time. And he doesn't listen to quite as much music that no one's ever heard of as he used to. Laura, more seriously, has had to put the brakes a little bit on her career in, in medicine. Actually working part-time now instead of full-time. Because actually she wants to give Evan the best of her time. Do you know the love and sacrifice that a parent has for their child is an incredibly Deep bond, and the Bible tells us just as we are children of a, of a godly, loving Father, that our Father also made a great sacrifice for us. And this Father, you, you know that I'm talking about God. He loves his, He loves what He has made deeply, and that love for a parent for a child is an incredibly deep bond. And God has that bond with us, and He loves us with a fierce intensity. Jess, my glamorous assistant, could you just there uh, come forward? You see, there's a problem. Thank you. Thank you very much, Jess. You excused? There's a problem. You see, we've got three jugs here. I don't know if you can see, kids, you might want to come to the front so you can see this. We've got three jugs. We've got us, we've got sin, and we've got Jesus. We would love to be pure and clean and holy. We would love to be just right. We would love to be able to tell, us, tell ourselves and each other that we are good, that we are right with God. But actually, what we learn and what we see in the Bible is that every single one of us messes up. There's sin in our lives. It could could be lying, it could be cheating, it could be adultery, it could be jealousy, it could be supporting Liverpool, it could be anything in your life that is sin. And as sin enters our life, it pollutes us. And we become permanently coloured by this sin. And in that polluted state, it cuts us off from God, our Heavenly Father. Because God is pure and holy. And once we're polluted, there's nothing we can do to clean ourselves up, to remove the stain of that pollution. There's nothing that we can do to turn this water back clean again. And like any, any loving parent, disobedience requires discipline. Our wrongdoing, the things that we've done wrong in our lives, the choices that we've made to pollute ourselves, actually a a loving parent would discipline that. Do you know, discipline in our house, it's it's the naughty step, it's the loss of treats, it's things that the kid is going to really make the kids aware that something really significant happened. I believe in Laura and Josh's house, Evan is sometimes forced to listen to Josh's CD collection as a punishment (laughs) for his wrongdoing. But for us as human beings, our punishment is separation from God. Not just now, not just here on earth but for all eternity, after we die. You know, the Bible even talks about hell. A place of eternal separation and punishment from God. Do you know, as a father, the thought of being separated from my children for eternity is absolutely heart-wrenching. And it's especially difficult when I think that as a re- that, that could be a result of my child being being so disobedient? How would I feel if my children made choices that resulted in me never being able to see them again? I think I would want to do something about that. Well, God, our Father, does do something about that. He sends Jesus. And whatever you may think of Jesus, whatever you you think within that name, you hear that name, whatever you think he said and did, he did some incredible things. And the Bible tells that He is the Son of God Himself who lived a perfect life on earth. In fact, He's the only person ever to have come to this earth to have lived in our polluted, messy world and for that pollution not to affect Him or not to affect Him quite as much as us. He's the only one who lived and didn't get polluted like this. And having lived a sinless life for 33 years... Jesus then died a death, a sacrificial death. He died on a cross, a death of sacrifice. He was pure. He'd done nothing wrong. He'd done absolutely nothing wrong. And yet he went to the cross and died and took on some punishment. He took on the punishment that should have been given to us. And under the weight of all the sin, all the muck, all the pollution in our lives, Jesus Received the wages of our mess. Death itself. But you know what? Death was not the end for Jesus. The Bible tells us that three days later, he rose to life. And actually, the fact that Jesus's purity and sinlessness defeated death meant that we then get a chance at purity ourselves. Do you know, Jesus' death and resurrection means that we can actually... Be made clean. Please work. Good enough. Good enough. The Bible tells us that we can become clean again. We can escape the pollution of sin. Actually, we can be considered clean and pure by God again. Once there was a gap caused by our sin, but thanks to the sacrifice of Jesus that he pours into our lives, we can be clean again. And this means we never need to be separated from God again, either now or when we die. The Bible, in fact, promises us life and abundance here on this earth and then eternal life, not in hell, but in heaven, in the presence of that loving Father we talked about. And there's nothing that we have to do. Nothing that we need to do to achieve this. The cost has been paid. God chose To lovingly send his son, as as someone read from the balloon before, for God so loved the world that he sent his only son, Jesus, to die for us. That whoever believes in him shall not die, but have eternal life. The only thing that is required of us is faith. We simply need to trust that what Jesus did on the cross does achieve what he said it achieved. That it does cleanse our sinfulness that it does restore our relationship with our Father. It's a case of saying, do you know what, God? I'm sorry. I know that I messed up. But I thank you for dying for me. I thank you for sending Jesus for me. And I thank you for forgiving me. So one final big question to leave you with this morning. And it's this. Jesus said this to his disciples. And I say it to you this morning. Who do you say I am? And it's a huge question. Because it means we have to decide if Jesus... Was telling the truth about himself, or whether he was lying deliberately, or whether he was just an absolutely crazy guy who just was a bit off the rails. Because the answer to that question, who do you say Jesus is, unlocks the answer to that question that my child asked earlier of what is life about. If Jesus is who he says he is, if he really is the Son of God, if he really did die on a cross to forgive our sins, And that has incredible significance for us forever. And if I just ask you today, if you're here today, you've never asked that question for yourself. If you've never looked at the person of Jesus and thought, who is he to me? Can I leave you this morning and urge you, please take the time to find out, investigate him. Look at the scriptures, look at the Bible, read a book, watch a film about it and just decide for yourself who Jesus is because the answer to that question is literally, I believe, life or death to us.